Do you believe in miracles? Because we've just seen two in a row. And I'm telling you, Justin, I'm really starting to believe to an irrational amount of belief. Are you? Pouring Are out you of my believing? Are you believing body fully? this morning? Was it was it two <sighs> miracles officially? Because yeah. I called game three a miracle. A miracle that they're in the game. So but what's like, more than a miracle? What's a bigger exactly. word than a miracle? Exactly. It's like, okay, there are levels to miracles because game four overshadowed game three to an extent that I don't even think you could ever like imagine. I need a synonym for a miracle that is even more beyond miraculous. Miracle. A, a miracle, phenomenon? A miracle's miracle. I don't I don't think there that was it is hard even now, what, ten hours later, less, eight? Seven, six, I don't even know. OT mm. OT on a seven thirty PM puck I'll say drop. Seven. I think that's seven hours later. A seven thirty PM puck drop OT when you have the morning show. If that would have went the other way around, I'd be real bitter this morning. Yeah. But I'm probably. like, I don't even need sleep. Put me in, coach. No, the uh the overtimes, <laughs> like uh, we needed an overtime game, of course. Eventually. Storylines, fun. Back to back. But like if one goes to like three, I don't know how we're gonna do the job. Well, when you come on and it's that incredible of a miraculous comeback. I'll go on no sleep. I'll hook the energy drinks to my veins in the car, a little IV action, mm-hmm. and I'll drive in here fired the hell up. Well, we, I am. we might be, your belief, and we might be heading towards one of those long playoff runs where, you know, IVs involving mm-hmm. energy drinks may be required. No problem. Because eventually you're going to get one of those long put ones. Put your health aside. And, and put your health aside <laughs> for two months, for sure. I, I think everyone would make that sacrifice. I got to say, though, like, it was all about the viewing experience, I think, because everyone's going to have their own viewing experience. We saw, like, fans, like, you could see catharsis on display like fully and completely that one fan who's going through all the emotions and can't even control the guy his the body cell phone? the guy with the cell phone I tweeted, Unbelievable. Like, get him to call oh we're taking your calls today everyone we can't not take your calls 7 30 a.m i need to hear the sounds of mm-hmm. leaf fans this morning then we'll put it on pause until friday which would be after game five which could be <laughs> real good stuff We'll get to that. Seven thirty a.m., folks. So I saw that guy on the cell phone down in Tampa. He's probably still out at the bar. But if we can call in, I'd love to hear from him. <laughs> so clear elation, right? But there was the emotions before the elation, and I, I feel like I was writing the obituary. I was fully and completely writing the Maple Leafs obituary for the season, like thinking about consequences and like the most irrational thoughts, probably about this team that. I think maybe that I've ever had. I'm not really sure, but like wow, I'm, that I'm, bad, eh? I'm thinking about, you know, to this, tie up a two, two series. This is death March, right? This is death March, but like, it's not the way that you got to two, two. No, or it is the way you got to two. It's not that it was two, two. So I got to ask you then, cause I'll share mine. Mm-hmm. Your most irrational thought watching that complete nightmare for 50 minutes. I think I just had a, a feeling of, Maybe like a disinterest. I was like, I just can't, I can't allow myself to get sucked into this again. It was like I tried to put a wall between the game and my feelings as a Leaf fan. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, here we go. Let's get on the show in the morning and break down this game. And then I Let's thought. Let's get through this week. Yeah. I thought, I'm like, you know what? Sucks. The people that have to write about this because 
their backspace button was getting a workout at the end of that game. Oh, yeah. The ultimate rewrite was last night. Ten minutes left in the game. You've probably submitted that to your editor. Like, okay, here we go. Can't wait to get a couple post-game quotes about how this game blew up in everyone's faces and they didn't have any push. And then you're like, wait a second. Okay, let me erase a paragraph. Okay, let me erase this whole section. Okay, new Word document. And, <laughs> and that's, a, this that's whole actually thing the best part because, like, I've been there before many yeah, times. I thought of you if you were in this position as a former writer. But it's it's the worst the next day where you have to do, like, the grand, like, uh, the gross. Because I've done takeaways. it so many times. The big takeaway. But, like, this one, at least from a rewrite perspective, it's not about, like, tweaking. It's just get rid of it. Start fresh. Because when you're, like, tweaking and you're like, I can make this work. No. I can make this work. Fresh slate. You couldn't make doc. that one work because it was such a role reversal. I was with, like same as you. I kind of like was I was watching the first ten minutes of the third period, but I was like staring blankly and not like right? even it's like absorbing you were numb anything. To it a bit. I was just like, <laughs> like I I don't even remember a single thing. Like they killed a penalty off the start, I believe. Like the, that ten minutes wiped away from my memory. <laughs> but I, I think it was because I was consumed with like overarching where is this team going next thoughts, and I couldn't stop thinking about William Nylander. I couldn't stop thinking about how Game Five was William Nylander's last with the Maple Leafs. With the way he played wow. in that game and like what needs to happen. I was just like watching. I'm like, that's what I got to talk about tomorrow. Like, that's the thing. This is what, ha- like, what other, what other recourse was there? Mm. But William Nylander, because something had to change because it wasn't working. And he was part of the thing that wasn't working the most. And then he's not only like part of the solution, but instrumental in everything that happened next. And I'm like, snap to the it. uncles because last this night thing, and this their thing text isn't messages. over yet. Oh, oh. I, uh, it, the amount of text messages, tweets, things that should be buried for life. Don't bury them. I want to hear them. I want to know the irrational fan or the rational because you had zero. Honestly, what what was the percentage chance that the Maple Leafs are going to come back in that third period down 4-1? Not only because I mean, it's, it's something a, the, the Lightning have never done. Yep. It's something that you see only sparingly and you never see what the Toronto Maple Leafs you see it against them Mm -hmm. 10 years ago you saw literally 4-1 go the other way Mm -hmm. like it doesn't happen so if you're standing there in Maple Leaf Square you're watching on your couch you're at a bar you're with your buddies you're wherever you are you're so justified in thinking that that was going to go the way that it felt like it was going and you mentioned it's not only just because hey that's a big lead like we saw Edmonton Oilers do that the night before to see that two back-to-back games is pretty wild. This playoff mm-hmm. series that we've seen across the league has been full of surprises. But the Maple Leafs doing it after a brutal first two periods. So where's your faith level in that they're going to turn it on in back-to-back games? Second of all, it was 4-1 is the darkest sentence in Maple Leafs history. The second that any, even in a regular season game in October, it goes up 4-1 and you feel that in your There's a little shiver up the stomach. spine, yeah. You see the tweets. You know that people all over the hockey world are like, hee, hee, hee. Oh, wait, a Leaf was, game's 4-1? Leaf game's 4-1. <laughs> and in the back <laughs> of your brain, watching. you will never get through that. So that's second factor. And third of all, it's Tampa Bay. You're in Tampa Bay. Where is your level of confidence when you watch how good that team was playing, Right. So for the game to flip completely on its head and for the Maple Leafs to win in overtime, I do not blame anybody for feeling like it was over. So I kind of want to hear those tweets or what happened. Like, did you leave the bar? Did you... Because Maple Leaf Square, I'll tell you that. They were showing post-game. There was a little bit empty. A little bit more room for celebration for those who stuck around. There was some space to put yeah. your arms out. Yeah. And I don't blame people because that Why was... Why would you stick around? As somebody just texted in, a miracle. 
instead of a miracle because it's more there you go than I a love miracle. It. that was a miracle last night a miracle god i love our textures they're dialed this morning um yeah there's no like explanation right that's the thing with the maple leafs there's never been an explanation like it hasn't made sense all along why how they've gotten to this point where it's what six seven years no playoff victories mm-hmm losing and caving in the biggest of moments nothing has ever made sense for this group so it makes sense that it doesn't make sense last night you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like nothing nothing about this is ever predictable and nothing about it is like has a logic to it or reason nothing involving the maple leafs in the playoffs ever is following a script that isn't like the one that's the most nightmarish and always seems seems to happen like nothing follows what it should logic does not apply to the maple leafs and logic did not apply to these two games against the tampa bay lightning in tampa bay like miracle yes game three it felt like a miracle that they were Mm -hmm. involved in that game because they were being outplayed to the extent that they were they stole game three they stole game three (laughs) so once again what the hell is, is game it, four? Is it the greatest tight? Like, what happened at Pearson? The, the gold heist at, at Pearson? Is this more than that? Like, this is the biggest... Uh, this is the biggest robbery, thievery, whatever you want to call it, that the Maple Leafs mm-hmm. have been involved in in our time watching this team. And it came at the biggest possible moment. The moment that kind of is where the series was on a knife edge. Like, if this went Tampa's way... Tampa, after completely outplaying the Leafs for three or four games and being Mm 2-2 and going back to Toronto and Toronto licking their wounds, like it was not going to be a good situation. But now Toronto is in complete control because they've stolen two games. And you know that little confidence thing that we've been talking about? Why don't they have it? Why don't they play? Why aren't they strong to start a period? Why don't they believe in themselves? That fourth period that they had last night, overtime, Mm -hmm. I finally saw a confident group in overtime that just went out and attacked the period and attacked its opponent. Honestly, aside from game two, Victor Hedman wasn't playing, we hadn't seen that the whole time. I was thinking about this yesterday when we were in the dock writing some notes down, which we also had to press the backspace button on a couple of them. Um, We kept a few up. Yeah, but that's good. It's like, what could have been? How many periods were the Maple Leafs so far in four games the better team? I could almost count on one hand. You can. There you was can one definitely game, count on one hand. One game where they were the better team. Game two, they were Give them all three periods there. Okay. I would say the final period of game three. I wouldn't, but some people would. Like, if you looked at the numbers, half, you could... Half a finger. The final... Okay, I'll give you half. The OT of last night, you get another half of a finger. No, they weren't. They were hanging on. Oh, last night, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So that's four... If you give two halves to equal four. I'll give them overtime. Well, you got to give them the third period last night, too. Yeah. Okay. So then, then four and a half. Four to four and a half. Okay, we're really trying to add to a full hand here. They were 0 for 7 in Victor Hedman periods mm-hmm. after the second period last night. Had not won a Victor Hedman period. Like, it was just like, okay, he's out there and we can't do he's a anything. Monster. He is a monster, but he only plays maximum half the game. So why is this <laughs> as big of an issue? I'm not really sure. Uh, but yeah, you're right. They could not even win a period, let alone a game outside of game two. So why is this different? It feels different. They are winning when they shouldn't be winning. They are pulling us from the dark corner of Leafs land where we are all cold and crying and depressed because this is the script that we've seen before into the elation in back-to-back games where they had no business winning. So 
is this different? It really feels like it's different. And and we're trying to say, how did this happen? What, you know, we're here to break it down in the morning. I, beats me. I feel like a small thing that I thought of was we came on here after game three yesterday morning. And I said, well, maybe this is a turning point because they're going to remember that they found a way to win a game they didn't belong in. They didn't believe. Mm-hmm. Nobody believed that they should have won game three, really. They did. They found a way. Was there a 20% in the back of their mind yesterday when they were down 4-1? Hey, we did this last game. I don't know. I might be glamorizing the way that well, it a win like that. that way. But they found a way, and then the confidence started to build. Right When Austin Matthews got that 4-2 goal... And we have some post game clips. Like they're like, oh yeah, we just started to be like, let's 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 see what happens. Like, well, they let's were outstanding get... the moment they scored a goal in the third period, right? And sometimes you just need that bounce to get the team going. But between the four two and then obviously tying it up to four four, like we saw the Maple Leafs that believed in themselves. But if they hadn't won Game Three in that fashion, that already was surprising enough. Would they have found that extra level when it mattered? Also, give some credit or some explanation to Tampa just literally blowing it away. Like this is the Maple Leafs winning a game that they shouldn't have, but it's the Tampa Bay Lightning letting their foot off the gas, which is something you really don't see with a team like that. Yeah, I mean, I I was so eager to give, not eager, but like ready to give Tampa Bay its flowers, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's one thing to be so disappointed with what the Leafs do, but it's another thing to just see like a team that's won Stanley Cups is clearly the standard over the last half decade of hockey in the yeah. NHL. Just recapture form. Like, the way the Maple Leafs were not even able to be, like, even slightly productive in the neutral zone for the first two periods in that game. Like, they just closed it up. They closed up shop. No one could get into the offensive zone, let it, let alone even have, like, control of the puck through the neutral zone. It was a complete stuff-you-in-the-locker performance mm-hmm. for two periods for the Lightning. And, again, I assume that's what the first 10 minutes looked like, but I was, again, kind of just, like, lost. And like, just, like, you're vacuuming, sitting your no, overnight I, 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 I think ready. I was, like, just staring through <laughs> the white on, in the ice. Like, honestly, I don't even think I, like, absorbed anything until that Matthews goal snapped me to it. But you have to give them credit because they played so well. But then you also have to, you know, they, as you mentioned, copped up a game, gave away a game in the same way that we've criticized and slammed the Leafs for Mm -hmm. multiple times over. They experienced what the Maple Leafs and Maple Leafs fans have experienced so so many times, which is, hey, we fell apart. We couldn't get it back on track. We gave this away. Yeah, you know, you could like put most of the culpability on Andre Vasilevsky, maybe. Like if we're looking for reasons, Mm -hmm. and I don't even know if it's worth bringing up reasons because, again, what makes sense about this? Like, why bother bring some logic to the table when nothing that we saw over the last two games actually made sense when it, when you look at the I actual result? I feel like result. 80% of it, I think we can put in the, I don't even know if it, it's spiritual. But there's 20% that I think we can really, like, dial in on and, that are reasons. And a big part of that 20%, I think, is Andre Vasilevsky yes. leaving the door open. Like, he he's not, not been good. And it's funny because you brought it up yesterday and you pushed on Frank a little bit. And he was like, nah, it's Andre Vasilevsky. And I thought, okay. And I, I felt his... I val- I felt- and I'm pushing him in jest, too. No, like, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not like Andre Vasilevsky's no, of course, done. But you presented a really good map to why he hasn't been himself. And last night, that just got validated even more. And so now, this seems like there's a lack of confidence from the team. And Andre Vasilevsky, and that is spooky because he's been your trump card. He has been the guy that mm-hmm. you could be playing a god-awful game, which doesn't happen much for Tampa, but when it does, you just know that this guy's going to stand on his head. And it has been four games, and he has, like, what, the most allowed goals ever 
and in his career and also <laughs> in the that. playoffs as yeah. well, like league-wide. Those are just stats. Yeah, he's given up 19 in four games. But I don't know how you're sitting there thinking they've got the best goaltender in the playoffs they've right the now. They've got the second-best goaltender in the series. And Ilya Samsonov has not been a world beater by any means. And this is the advantage we've been waiting for. Like, mm-hmm. when have the Leafs had better goaltending? Never were you ever expecting them to have better goaltending no. against Andre Vasilevsky. No, you were this, not. We did our keys to series, and we didn't even touch on goaltenders. It was like, just be fine, Samson. Just don't lose it. Yeah. Just don't lose it. Don't be, just be okay. Don't, don't have the gap so wide that you can't overcome it. Mm-hmm. And right now, the gap is so wide the other way that the Lightning are failing to overcome it. Another part of that 20%, if we want to just look. Yeah. Is it 12.5% Andre? Then it's 7.5% the, the lineup changes for Sheldon Keefe. Yeah. Because... In game, I mean, that was a nightmare. Nothing, 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 nothing working. The second line, I'm calling it the insanity line because just if you expect them to do something, you are insane. Mm. Like John Tavares, Alex Kerfoot, William Nylander, it's not, never, no, it's never going to work. It's never going to work. <laughs> and now they're, they went to that point, two games in Tampa, where they actually tried to make it work. The numbers are brutal. They have no impact whatsoever on the game. Something needed to change, and Sheldon Keefe gave us some change. Were you and, not surprised that he didn't start the game with any changes and waited till mid game? Because there were some rumors that he was going to do a little blundering and he waited a bit until they were down. Uh, well, again, I don't want to speak out of both sides of my mouth. I've been all about you have to keep things mm-hmm. firm. And the Michael Bunting thing is like throwing that out the window, right? Mm-hmm. And I think and we'll Matthew, Matthew Nyes has changed the equation to a certain extent because you can trust him. And now it's, okay, who are you trying to protect? That Did you has, say you can't trust him or you can't? You can trust him. The who you want to protect or who you need to protect thing has completely changed the way you look at mm-hmm. the lines. Because Matthew Nyes, frankly, doesn't need protecting it's anymore. a pleasant In surprise. In fact, he's now being used to prop up the $11 million captain. He sure is. Him and Mitch Marner playing with John Tavares tells you everything you need to know. Mm-hmm. Marner and Nice. well, Marner's the staple guy in terms of like, okay, we need something's wrong here. Let's put Mitch with him. But now Matthew Nyes is part of that solution thing. And that development maybe has allowed for it, but is at least given Sheldon Keefe confidence where it's like, okay, I don't have to have him stapled to Ryan O'Reilly. I can still have a checking line with Ryan O'Reilly and I can mix up my top two scoring lines to Mm -hmm. actually present something that's going to work. Because again, time honored, it doesn't work when William Nylander, John Tavares and Alex Kerfoot are five on five against elite team. So the lineup changes for Sheldon worked, obviously. Something about William Nylander just works with Austin Matthews. Like, there's, like, a different... Mm-hmm. It's a different William Nylander. And something about Mitch Marner and John Tavares does reignite something within number 91. So those changes did spark the comeback for sure. And if they go back... If they go back now, like, I'm just going to... Whatever, you throw up your hands, it doesn't make sense. Maybe they win anyway. But this is what you have to go with because clearly there was something Okay, there. so the big question now, and I don't want to bring it up this early, but we kind of have to because game five rolls around. You just won three games in a row without Michael Bunting. You want to do Bunting up. now? I, I think we it leads, two da- it leads, two days it, to it leads perfectly. Into, let's, just, let's just start the conversation now. We don't have to have the answer for it okay. because we won't. I'm just saying the Maple Leafs just won three games in a row without Michael Bunting. You found some life with this college kid that does not have an ounce of doubt when we're on the ice. Like people, you should see the Twitter feed type in nice. And it is like horned up central. And it makes so much sense. People are 
He saved obsessed. the game by saving he that saved goal off the, the line. game, and he looks like an actual presence on the ice, and he's a college kid. So he's not coming out of the lineup. I'm sorry. There's no chance. So where does Michael Bunting go? Does there's he on, go? There's only one option for him to come in. I mean, he could play in the top nine, but in terms of, like, removing a body, Sam Lafferty is the only guy for It's me. crazy, though, because I'm, I'm, like, trying to decipher, well, Zach Asnery is fine. Kerfoot, he just scored the OT winner. He's going to be yeah, a we statue got, we in Legends Row in a minute. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, and we don't need to have the answer for it. I just think it's interesting to, to – this is our Tuesday morning thoughts on where my, Michael Bunting will or will go not go. I don't think it's out of the question that we don't see him. Well, you just won three games in a row. So, A, you just won three games in a row, and if you're a hockey guy and you've played for – I've played for coaches that are like, we don't touch it. Three wins in a row, things are – we're finding ways to work, but then on the other side of it, you haven't found a great – lineup like you have scraped your way through mm-hmm. two of these wins like it has been messy 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 is he the guy that's gonna help the puzzle pieces go I, honestly i have no idea i just don't i just when i think about it i just don't know how throwing him in there fixes or helps anything it's like are you going to give him a chance to get back in the series to get his legs under him if you do knock on wood make it to the second round and you just gonna like not have him play in any games well, for I think a while. There'll, there'll be an opportunity, but the excuse is right there. You've just won three games in a row. You don't have to. And, and if his contribution is as like callous as it mm-hmm. is, is just taking Eric Cernak out of the series. Well, thanks for helping us out, Michael. Like you know what I mean. Like that. If, that, if that's it, that's it. And does he take a little bit more time to learn something if he gets the? Do not play in this game because we're deciding you're not playing in this game. Well, it's a statement. It's a statement. And I don't know how a guy like that responds to a statement, but I'm t- if if I watch three games and I watch my team win three games, I would not be feeling comfortable up in that press box thinking that I'm going to walk waltz my way back into this lineup in the playoffs, specifically because what is his, where was his impact before? I guess. Like, I know he's had two great seasons. He's got, like, well, how many points combined? You know what you can get from him, but you also know what you can get in a bad sense. So I'm, I have no idea how it's going to go. It'd be very interesting to see how the practice lineups shake out over the next two days. But I don't think it's as easy as him just walking back on into the locker room and onto the ice. Bunting has become quote unquote indispensable mm-hmm. to this lineup because he's worked with Austin Matthews. And if you don't see a path forward where he just like automatically belongs on that top line or riding shotgun with Austin Matthews, like there isn't that obvious spot for him. I guess my concern would be if he's like really angry and bitter and That's, we've seen yeah. like him Spooky. go head to head with Sheldon Keith before when he does come in, is he going to be a problem? Like, That's are you it. Gonna, where's like, your trust level? He's losing millions of dollars by the day here, right? He already put himself in a big mm-hmm. spot or in a bad spot by getting suspended. And now if he sits, it's like all the other general, general managers are going to take note to that notice of that. This is a guy who's got millions of dollars on the line in free agency. Number one, again, on Frank's, free agent board and he might be overlooked when it comes to a playoff lineup it's just it's a ballsy decision either way and if you're sheldon keefe or dubas i don't know who makes these decisions because we have those thoughts as well which direction are you going in are you going to give the guy a bone and say hey get back in there and prove to us that you can be a a guy that we can trust or are you going to say you didn't earn this spot we're rolling See you in hopefully round two. Anyway, we don't need to have the answer to that right now. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You can text in five ninety five ninety. We got two days to figure it out. If it was today, I don't. Is need, this I, break, on, by the way, coming at the worst time? 
I kind of wish the Leafs were playing tomorrow night. I, it, Wednesday would be just pristine timing. Mm-hmm. A day off in between, I feel like it just benefits Tampa, who looks beat up and exhausted at the end of that game. I mean, I get, what can you do? We can talk about that tomorrow as well. Anyway. Let's get to Kerfoot. Kerfoot. I will stand here and humbly admit defeat that I have ridiculed Harvard, my arch nemesis, my rivals. I always have a little bitter taste in my mouth, but man, a go crimson, baby. Oh, wow. Top of the Ivy League. I mean, you didn't have to go there. Could have been like go Leafs, go Kerfoot. As a Dartmouth big green, I will bow down to Harvard for the remainder of this postseason. Okay. Uh, was Alex Kerfoot the least noticeable player in the entire series? It is close. I would say that. And that's good and bad, too, because yeah. you're noticeable because you're like, I mean, you're Justin Hall and you've been on for every goal against. Okay, so I was going to say Tavares. Or you're Tavares, TJ Brody and you're like un- unrecognizable. John Tavares, a li- like snoozy, of course, but like Kerfoot's, put Kerfoot's at invisible. hiding in plain sight. Yeah. He's a ghost. He was a ghost in this series. And like last year, <laughs> what a moment to come to make uh, your statement. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, and like, think about like the things that don't make sense. Like Matthews jumps off the ice on that power play. Like you, that's the time like you push for it, right? Like stay out there a little longer. Hattie. He gets off within a, a minute. Looking, yeah, Can play you on imagine hat-trick. He got oh, that hat trick. Unbelievable stuff. <laughs> like I cannot even believe the second unit saw time on the ice. Power play minutes for Alex Kerfoot, and he takes advantage of it. We should, like, look at how much five-on-four he's actually played in this series. Like, his goals per 60 on the power play is probably leading the NHL right now because who else has gotten mm. fewer minutes, I would imagine, and actually scored a who big goal? Who would have been a more random person to score that goal? Again, because I've forgotten about, forgotten about him so much, and the guys who get my ire or draw like my ire... I, I guess, but I notice him more. Again, I, he's... A, it's got to be Kerfoot because we talk about him all un, year. Uninvolved. About zero finesse. The guy can't score a goal. If nice you time. had, Yeah, if you had 20 breakaway or shootout attempts, he'd be, what, 20th to go? Yeah, he'd be... He's like, screw real, your narrative, buddy. I'm putting the puck list. in the net in the biggest moment in playoff history for the Maple Leafs in the last decade. And, and again, we, we got a couple clips that kind of illustrate this, but this is the guy who kind of wears that, oh, he's one of the guys, mm. and he gets the benefit of the doubt because he's one of the guys, yeah, the guys right? like him. Like, we've been talking about, okay, expansion draft, Seattle, are they going to take him? Uh, mm. Trade, you know, $3.5 million. Is is that the way you Does free up a little bit of money? Anymore? Does he actually give you something? Is he the one guy who's, like, not giving you value on the dollar? But we've heard a million times that these guys love him, that he is the maybe the most beloved Maple Leaf, and that, you know, if Kyle falls in love with his guys, it's for a reason because he actually means something. Like what an Alex Kerfoot trade would mean to the locker room mm-hmm. ahead of the tra- trade deadline. Would it be damaging Bad rather vibes. than even if you brought in someone with more impact? Like let's say it was Ryan O'Reilly for Alex Kerfoot. Like clearly that would be a good thing. Mm, if, like, it had to, if you had to do that, you would do it a million times over. But there would be some guys in the locker room who would be like, dude, that's one of our guys. It's intangible. Like it's hard for us to put value on that he's yes, the fantasy he's, football general manager like he's that type of guy he's the yeah. he's the ringleader of you, a lot of the things you see his you can look at his points his production and how much he costs and you can summarize who you think alex kerfoot is just by that by what's written on a page but i guess you got to be in the locker room to know what he does for that team how he ignites that team is vibes guy 
and then he has the big moment yesterday. Maybe justifies everything. And last year, he kind of like, he was one of the stars. Like, one of the big things early in that series was penalty killing. Alex Griffith was front, front and center in that. Mm-hmm. He's kind of lost that job with Achari coming in and more guys being available for Keefe. So it feels like he's lost his role, and then all of a sudden he's hero. And we have a clip from Morgan Riley explaining, like, why it means, not necessarily why it means more, but, like, you can hear in his answer why it means so much that Alex Kerfoot scored the overtime winner. Huge. Um, he's a, he's an unbelievable teammate. He brings it every day. Um, you know, we're extremely fortunate to have him. And, um, you know, I've known him for a long time. So, you know, thinking about how hard he works and everything he brings, you know, and then he buries that. I mean, you just want to grab him like you're just so happy and for him to you know contribute in that way is crazy and um you know I could not be happier for anybody it has been a series so far of unexpected heroes if I told you on Tuesday April 5th that the best defensemen for the Toronto Maple Leafs were Luke Shen and Morgan Riley and Morgan Riley has been a MVP caliber player over four games for the Maple Leafs, would you have believed me? No, I wouldn't have. And I I can't tell if it's just like juxtaposed to what's happening with the other two pairings because it's been frankly bad. That has certainly helped. But Luke Shen still, like, he was was one of the guys in game three. Mm -hmm. That same poise late game for him in game four. Morgan Riley just continues to be at the center of everything good happening for this group. And think about his regular season. That's why it's like, what the? Who is this man? It's, you're right. I mean, they're kind of unexpected in a way, but maybe if we were like, we were we could forget everything that happened over the regular season <laughs> or important touchstones in this team's history, it would make sense. So you have those two, Kerfoot with the hero moment, Matthew Nyes, who we at many times said, okay, I don't even know, should he be in, should he not be in? How do we evaluate a guy coming from college? He came in at three regular season games and he got better with each one. He has been a massive, massive presence for this tournament Maple Leafs team and he's like, fresh off playing beer pong in a frat basement. Ryan O'Reilly, I, I definitely believed in the hype and hoped in the hype of a guy that's a proven winner in Conn Smythe. Did I think that he was going to be basically the best player every, every time he's on the ice? That would be, I'd be lying if I thought it was going to be that It didn't, it didn't seem like that in the regular season, right? No, like I, you saw the value, but you're like, okay, he's, and you he's know. Turn, he turns it on to Ryan O'Reilly playoff mode. So if that's, if those are some of the big storylines coming in, we talk about depth being a massive reason why the Maple Leafs need to be better this year, that's that's a bunch of names that I didn't put in the top of my list of power rankings of people that need to be impactful. And then we haven't even got to the core four. Matthews hasn't done too, too much. He's been fine. Let, yeah, and then you have go ahead, sorry. the end of that game where it's like, oh, that's awesome, Matthews. That is the best player. He can be the best player on the ice anytime he wants to step on that ice. And we saw it. And the manner in which he elevated everybody, like, because... Part of this is like you're waiting for your guy to do something, right? Like a lot of teams just are kind of, they're just kind of waiting for, like if you're Sam Lafferty, again, like I kind of asked, I think I asked Kipper, maybe it was last week. You rip on Sammy a lot. But he's just, I just think he's most representative of, okay, I'm like, I'm a depth player and I'm new and what is my role? Like you're not expecting him to take over a game. Like maybe if you're Zach Aston Reese, you're just more comfortable in what you bring. You've been Mm -hmm. here all year. You know, this is what I do. If I do it, we're okay. But if you're looking for inspiration, if everyone's looking for something to change the way things are actually going, the the way water is flowing, something to change the way the water is flowing, it's an Austin Matthews moment. 
It's Austin Matthews putting his foot in the ground, putting his stake in the ground, and actually changing the way things are going. And I think we've been kind of waiting on that moment. Yeah, he's been productive. Mitch Marner's leading the playoffs in scoring. It's the most absurd thing ever. It's actually insane. Because he, like, I'm still waiting on Mitch being Mitch. You know what I mean? Like, he's not quite there. Those, and that's funny. And because Matthews hasn't been quite there. We said this yesterday. We, we talked about how we need more from them. And someone in the text room was like, oh, look at the stats. I'm like, that is the most unrepresentative res- representative way to char- characterize what, wow, what Mitch Marner has done. Yeah. And I get it. He has all these points. Has he been the guy? No. Well, he's the most hollow three-point outing, uh, three-assist outing mean, in game uh, one. That clearly count. The point's a point, but it hasn't been domination station with those guys. No, it hasn't been what you need to win a series. And frankly, the Leafs have not played good enough to be up 3-1, but they are. Like, all of these, they've gotten free passes, two free passes in a row to a certain extent. You can't, play, you can't only play 10 minutes and win a hockey game 99.9% of the time, but they did. It's a miracle. It's, it's, that's exactly what I love, happened. Please tell me your name in the text line, whoever said Moracle, because we need to give you credit. So we are waiting on these, we are waiting on the total contribution, I think, from pretty much everyone in the core four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say, you know, we're not quite there yet. But Austin Matthews has the power to change things on a dime. And Austin Matthews being Hercules for a couple shifts in a row, scoring twice in a six minute and 20 second stretch, or even less than that, because he scored the two goals uh, that were, mm-hmm. or the first two goals. That is enough to sort of change the way a team plays. And those moments, there's a reaction. That reaction comes from your team. The reaction comes from the other team where it's like, "Uh uh-oh, Austin Matthews has woken up. So the fact that all this has happened, like, again, you got a couple free roles here. You have played bad, but you're winning the Series 3-1. Your guys haven't been what they can be, and they still have the opportunity to be that. There's so much room to improve within this series and you have three chances to win one game to advance finally for the first time in forever. Three chances to win one game seems like a high level of confidence. But to look at the way that they played the last two games, I I thought when we came on yesterday and we talked about game three, it was like, that's the game the Maple Leafs never win. Last night was the game that the Maple Leafs never win. They that's never, the game no one wins. Nope. That's Unless it. you're Boston in 2013. 100%. And the way that they they found a way, miraculously... I feel like they have such an opportunity at home now, and we can tee this up over the next two days. It is game five in your own building, and it is in the palm of your hands. Are you going to grasp it? Are you going to take the bounces from the gods that have been handed to you over the last two games and deliver a statement performance? Because you can't just, like, crawl your way or roll your dice into Boston because that's going to be a rude awakening. So you need to, let's say it's, I'm getting ahead of myself, but if, if Thursday night is the last game of the series, it better be the best damn performance of your entire playoff history because if you want to wrap this series up in a bow, you don't have any doubts that you were lucky to get through Tampa Bay. You want to say, we had two games where we were lucky, but this is who we really are. This is who we're going to be in round two when we do something we haven't done in forever. That's two days away. Nonetheless, they, they found Tampa gave them an inch and they ran with it. They took an opportunity that Tampa maybe thought, and I thought about this last night, is did Toronto's dark history actually help them last night? Did Tampa say, hey, it's 4-1 against the Leafs. Like, there's no problem here. We'll just roll our way through game the, the third period. We're almost there. We'll let our foot off the gas because we know who this Toronto Maple Leafs team really is. We know their DNA. Did Toronto's dark history that we have seen in the city of Toronto 
We can't avoid seeing it. It's everywhere. The 4141. It's like this dark shadow that's behind you all the time. Did Tampa see that and say, hey, we'll mail it in a bit. We'll see you on Thursday in Toronto. It's, it's hard for me to get there. It's possible. Again, it's not I, a 0% chance. You know, you know what the weird thing is? I have to rush home and watch those 10 minutes again. Because how did Tampa actually, was Tampa just taking it to him? Was Tampa dominant? Was Tampa just cruise control? What was it actually like? Because immediately <laughs> <A> after <blur. laughs> immediately after Matthew scored, I don't know if it was the Leafs changing or Tampa Bay kind of being on their heels, but the dynamic, both, the dynamic of the series changed with one goal scored at 4-1. And that's not something that should shake a Stanley Cup champion, right? I that's think there not was a crack. There was a crack, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, Tampa didn't know how to react. Because it just happened to them in game three. I'm telling you, there's a little yeah, bit maybe. in the back of their mind there. And maybe that I mean, just that, lost again to this. Like, this is, is this happening again? I don't know. And we've talked about like the, the, how history affects the Maple Leafs. Mm-hmm. And maybe it helped them. Recent history, long-term history. It can affect other teams too. Like the Leafs are not the only team allergic to their own, you know, head games yep. and their own mindset and how things can change from a confidence standpoint. So maybe there's something there. Okay. A couple other things, maybe just rapid fire some stuff there. Power play is honestly just it decline it. Well, yeah, I know they went two for four. It's difficult to watch. It's, it's been so it's bad. Whatever, Special teams a, have been brutal. They scored six. They, they're scored two, two power play goals in three of the four games. I know, but it's the same thing with the Mitch Marner stats. Do you feel excited when they're on the power play? Do you feel fired up? Do you feel confident? It's been bad. No, no. Ugh. But, but you haven't felt confident. You felt confident for one game of the series. And bits of game four. When you got those power plays in those moments, you did. Yeah, when you score in them, it's nice to look back and be like, oh, hell yeah. I know, but like, <laughs> but but you, did you not, okay, William Nylander draws the penalty. I, I felt like they were going to score. Well, because I didn't feel like it was going to be Alex Kerfoot. What, in overtime, I, after yeah. they had scored three straight goals in the last six because minutes of the game? Well, that's a different exactly. setting. Exactly, it's all about like, the, the, how momentum. the game is being played. Momentum. It's These two teams are riding it like, it's like a roller coaster. exclusively. And if, if it changes... You feel completely different about every situation. Yeah, they've wasted so m- They've looked so bad in the power plays that have not con- resulted in a goal. They've looked bad in power plays that have resulted in a goal. Mm-hmm. But what's really striking is how bad they look. Killing penalties. Mm. 70%. Special teams in general. Yeah. Special teams, like I-, I wrote it down, special teams horrible. And then I'm checking myself like, they scored a bunch of goals. Yes, they scored a bunch of goals. But it should be a... It is the Mitch Killer Marner thing. It's the Mitch Marner parallel. When you get a power play that the other team is like, oh, God, here we go. This team is going to score a goal on us. They are absolutely It should electric. feel like Tampa feels. Yes, it is not like that. It is, oh, okay, we'll see what's going to happen here. Let's see if you can get into the ozone. Let's see if you can penetrate the blue line. That's what it feels like. So if you want to have a lengthy playoff run, yeah, you've been able to put some pucks in the net, but it needs to be a a level of confidence where you jump over the boards when you get a power play because you're like, hell yeah, we're scoring. We are scoring right now. We are, we're capitalizing on this mm-hmm. opportunity instead of like, ooh, okay, <laughs> here we go. That's what it feels like. The power plays in the playoffs feel like that for most teams. And for the Leafs, it never has. Well, that's even when they're having success scoring because it doesn't the whistle feel might go way. away a little bit more. And it, I think it did last night. It was a better officiated game in terms of just like, okay, let's not have every single thing be controversy. And so, if you're getting two or three opportunities a game, which might seem like a lot in round two, round three, whatever, mm-hmm. you can't be squandering those or losing momentum. You need to at least maintain momentum. There was three power play opportunities or penalty kill opportunities for Tampa where they almost scored. You had a breakaway. 
a penalty shot, two breakaways. Which is brutal, by the way. Oh, oh, Brandon Hagel keeps dunking on himself, by the way. You hear the interview, second intermission? I'm not surprised we're in the situation we're in. After saying in game three, Luke Shen stinks. Mm. And then he has the t- tough penalty shot. Looks so, like he'd never taken a penalty shot in his life. Both both times, both instances is when when he became like the main, when he became the protagonist, mm-hmm. he's immediately had things backfire. <laughs> and him. it's funny because like you can't say anything about the lightning. You can say something about Brandon Hagel though. You, yeah. you haven't won a cup. You're one of the few guys who hasn't there. won a cup. Same with Corey Perry. Like Corey Perry was as quiet as he's been, but Corey Perry doesn't have that championship, right? There's only a few guys where you can kind of touch at a few things that you could needle them in a certain way. And Hagel's one of those guys who's like trying to be a lightning. You don't have a championship. Hmm. You're not, you're not a true bull. He's a fraud is what you're saying. Eh? One more question. <laughs> Who benefited the most individually from the Moracle? Well, it's hard to say, to not say Alex Kerfoot after he scores the OT winner in a game I, I that think, was a miracle Okay, of so a look at it the other way. Look at it in terms of consequence rather than what they actually William made. Nylander. Yeah? He had a brutal, lazy start to that game with that penalty. What are you doing? They they score. Look at his face when he skates across the ice. He knew. That was garbage. And then the narrative started. Well, you you wrote his obituary mm-hmm. for the Maple Leafs. He said, bye-bye, William I was, Nylander. I was trading him to Arizona. And then... He draws a penalty in overtime, and not just draws a penalty. He dominated that shift. He draws a penalty, and they score, and they win, thanks to Alex Kerfoot, who also benefits from this. I think it's the two of them. That was a Nylander game for the ages, like the whole Nylander experience. And you, you touched that your on your answer. Touch. Um, not quite second, but just with Nylander, you mentioned mm-hmm. the early penalty. He was also culpable in the first two goals. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like it was kind of his fault. Like, a, a, a large portion of the culpability rests on his shoulders. He's been, you know, he's one-third, but he's really one-half of the worst line on the ice in consecutive games. Then he's reunited with Austin Matthews. Immediately, he has two primary assists, and as you said, draws the penalty mm-hmm. in overtime. And I guess he was on the ice. Uh, did he get an assist on the overtime winner? I'm not really sure, but he is a big part of that second unit, which was on the ice if Alex Kerfoot was scoring. So, Nylander, full range of emotion the full William Nylander experience but I think it's John Tavares because wow. John Tavares John Tavares's play is the elephant in the room like if these two games if we don't get miracles Leafs in an alternate universe down 3-1 because that's kind of what they deserve mm-hmm. in this series if you look at the balance of play he cannot get anything started he is the one again being propped up by a what 19 year old kid right now yes. with these these new look lines and having Mitch Marner floated to his wing. John Tavares cannot get anything going. He can't assert himself in any way. And if it wasn't for the hat trick in game two, like you're looking at like brutal, 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 brutal overall performance. So, you, in so these you're playoffs. saying he benefited by just them not losing? I think them not losing, mm-hmm. them winning these games has taken a lot of what would be uh, pitchforks and torches. Yeah away from him i think we took that question in two different directions but i completely see your point is it now it's just like oh we don't need to talk about that because they won in a miraculous form yeah that's exactly it Mm -hmm. and it comes home and i think he's going to be better on home ice they can control the matchups maybe this new look like he's actually been put in a bad spot too because Mm -hmm. this this is the proven thing that doesn't work that sheldon keep keeps putting him in like it's not good it's never gonna work i don't know why they keep going to it 
I guess they had no other choice. The insanity but now they, line. Now they have the insanity line. Now they have other choices. And it's on John Tavares now to play better, to use the fact that he now has Mitch Marner and Matthew Nyes, two of the bright spots over the course, over the balance of this series so far, to have and turn in a better performance. He needs to be a part of the solution going forward if we're talking about winning the series, next round, whatever you want. He cannot just be, he can't be a problem. He can't be a ghost. You're, you're earning $11 million. And I don't want to be too negative, but I think he dodged a major bullet. And, but he might, and he might also results. have an opportunity, hopefully, with, as you said, back on home ice. And if there's a second chapter to this playoff series, maybe there's an opportunity to rewrite that. Um, we're taking your texts at 595.90. We're taking your calls at 730. The Maple Leafs found a way to do it. It feels different. I think everybody has completely justified to feel goofy and loopy this morning because that was one for the memories. You put that one in your scrapbook. You you print out the picture of Alex Kerfoot and you draw little hearts around AK on your page. You tuck that one under your pillow because that is a story that hopefully means a lot in a lengthy playoff run for the Maple Leafs. Uh, we'll take your calls at 7.30. We take your texts all day long. I don't know if I have much else at this moment. We'll have Jeff Merrick always joins us at 7 a.m. on Wednesdays. He's moving to Tuesdays because we just need we need him quicker in the week, okay? Mm-hmm. Calls at 7.30. Joshua Cloak, uh, Maple Leafs writer for The Athletic at 8. And my God, do we have the moment of my professional career coming at 8.30. Today's a special day in the city of Toronto, not only because we're putting the Leafs flags back on our cars and honking around the streets, but... Curse might have been broken last night. Joey Chestnut is joining us at 8.30 a.m. Throwing out the first pitch at Rogers Center tonight to celebrate the first Looney Dogs of the season. What, what are you going to ask, Joey? Like this, I don't I'm, I'm going to just let you cook here. This I is... have so many questions for this guy. He's a freak of nature. What is what's I like don't top even of mind? know. I'm going to say, what well, is your life? Gonna I'm going to say, what is your life? How did we get to this point? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I just need answers. So Joey Chestnut at doing? 830. It's going to be unhinged. And we'll, we'll tee up Looney Dogs tonight. Um, we got lots to go through today. We'll take your call, so get excited. We would love to hear from you this morning. The vibes are high. I know we said that, wow, the Leafs scraped their way through two wins, but hey, you know what? That's Maybe it's, as you said, it was 4-1. That's, maybe we can erase that from the history books because they, they cancel each other out, maybe. I was 10 years later. There you go. Curse broken. All right, A-list on the other side, and then Jeff Merrick joins us at 7. Let's see how he's starting to unpack uh, what was a monumental night in Leafs playoff lore. Sportsnet 590, the fan. Now it's time for hey, the A list. Bing bong. Bing bong. Bing bong. What's up, baby? All right, since it was actually a busy day in the news world yesterday, um, we got to touch on a couple things that are not going to have much space in the show. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. I was told I could never do something you chew on again with Aaron Rodgers, so I'm fitting him in my A-list. <laughs> you always find a way to mention Aaron because Rodgers. Because it needs to put a bow on this, okay? That's oh, great. New York Jets. Congratulations. Playing quarterback next year. They should have high expectations. They have a great defense. They spend a lot. If you go to the playoffs and win games in the playoffs, then it's worth it. Like, it's, it's fun. Aaron Rodgers, great. It's over. Excited. I will say the Packers... They were in a good position of power to wait. And yeah, they, good, they, definitely, they did really well. Definitely won that trade. 
Yeah, they waited as long as the draft is Thursday. Mm-hmm. So that had to get done, I think, before the draft in order for them to actually get decent compensation. And they did. That's a lot for Aaron Rodgers, who may or may not actually care about football. What if he plays one year? What if he doesn't even, like, that's it? Well, that's they're, it. They're playing in a really hard division. They, mm-hmm. they, you could you could conceivably miss the playoffs. He could walk away, darkness retreat for the rest of time. <laughs> anyway, okay, that's done. See you when the regular season begins. Aaron Rodgers. I wanted to read a couple texts quickly too because we have your thoughts and your feelings. It was the it was it was a tough hill to climb. The third period, understandably, some of people decided that maybe their attention would go elsewhere. Um, we got a text here five ninety five ninety. I was so pissed after two periods. I turned the game off and went to sleep. I woke up, checked the score five four Leafs. Is it Sunday? What is going on? <laughs> Lol. I, I'm actually. I, I bet there are tons of examples. people turning like, on the radio this morning. Like, what are they talking about? If we were, if this was FM radio, if we were throwing <laughs> to Bieber right now, I would have went to bed for sure. A hundred percent. There's no chance I'm watching that death march in the third period, but you would have missed something unbelievable. Mark from Sunderland. I couldn't even watch the game last night. Never turned it on because I didn't want more heartbreak. Well, you missed Ooh. a good one. You can go back and watch it with ease today. Trevor from Orangeville. I went to bed after the second period, figured the game was over. I could get to bed early and reset for game five. Woke up to 20 messages and a Leafs win. That's a nice way to start your day, though. Shut the game off with 13 minutes left. Got into bed and my buddy messaged me that Matthew scored to make it 4-2. Had to get out of bed and that holy Mackinac, am I ever glad I did. What a game. Oh, you owe your buddy something. Yeah. 13 buy minutes. A, buy him a, a case of beer. But at least it wasn't like 17 minutes because you might have been like home and cool, done. That's right. Not waking Snooze up. Fest. Went to bed with 10 minutes left. Thought I was looking at the wrong score this morning. There's going to be a lot of people that think it's like April Fool's. Um, Dan from the bridge. As a Leafs fan, was obviously praying for them to tie it, but needed and wanted a quick overtime. Early flight out of Pearson this morning. <laughs> and Spezza, he's the reason. He was on all those teams that sent the Leafs to beat them every year in the playoffs. He knows what not to do. Jason Spezza? Yeah, I don't know. I'm just reading. (laughs) I'm a believer. Partway through the game, I saw a plus 1,000 bet for Matthews to score two plus. Put 50 bucks on it. A friend of mine last night. Whoa, 50 bucks on on 10 to 1? Okay. Nice work. There you go, bud. Uh, A friend of mine put money on the lease when they were down 4-1. That's pretty good. That must have been more than 10 to 1. Oh, it was was something big. I forget the odds. I'll get them for you. Um, lots of, lots of fun ones here in the text line. Um, I, good morning. I admit I turned my TV off when it was four, one to watch the voice. <laughs> great comeback and three great oh. shots from the defense. Steve from Listowell. That's questionable, Steve. I've never watched one second of the voice. Me neither. Oh, maybe it's good. Maybe we're missing something. Hey, and the other question is before we take a break now, are you a superstitious watcher? Like are the fans that are watching now going to be like, I have to wear the same Jersey. I have to be like a same friend group on Thursday night. No messing around. Same vibe, same juju. Like what's your viewing experience for Thursday? Cause we've never been in this position. Especially if you did it for game three, well, we if have there's been game in this three position, to game four trends. Yes. <laughs> How do we change this, <laughs> this narrative for this time around? Like I put a, I put a bandana on Bunker, and he's got to wear that same bandana Thursday. That's my superstitious addition to I don't, I don't think the journey. Off. No. Anywho, five ninety five. Is Bunker wearing different bandanas like every day? Or he's got are you a couple. Dressing them up every day. He's a fashionista. Oh, okay. He's got three different Leafs bandanas. Shout out to my mom, who's obsessed with making like little things for him. I guess if like, you have three, you got to go through the rotation. All right, we got to take a break. On the other side, we've got Jeff Merrick, and we'll take your calls at seven thirty. So get in the queue early for that. We want to hear from you. We want to feel the vibes this morning, Leafs Nation. 
That'll be at 416 or star 590 on your Rogers cell phone. That's come in the next hour of the Fan Morning Show.